0: Welcome back to Catholic Answers Live. I'm Cy Kellett, your host. I told you it was going to be a good Friday show, and it is a good Friday show. And That goodness continues with our next two guests, uh, the two men from the Catholic uh, Man Show, Adam and, uh, Adam and David, and uh, with, uh, with their wives, uh, Haley and Pamela, they have written a brand new book called Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. It's from Ascension uh, Press. Two things about it. It's a beautiful book. Uh, I mean, not just like physically beautiful, but it's a, a it's it, it is a beautiful book about just what it says, making your home a holy place. And the best part of the book, I would say, is the blurbs. Uh, Adam and David, uh, welcome! So glad you guys are here.
1: There was that one blurb too that I really liked. Yeah, the, by the, that one guy. The yeah. one guy. Yeah. yeah.
2: Host
0: of Catholic Answers Live. Yeah. Hey, oh, thanks for having us. Cy. Si. You're. Right. I'm so happy to have you. Yeah. And uh, because you know, I if the. I don't get asked to blurb a book a lot, so you pretty much know you're gonna get invited on the show if you ask me to blurb a book.
1: <laughs> it's strategic, it was strategic. Well, <laughs> you just, I hope you're ready, Si, because you just said that on the air. Yeah.
3: You
1: know, <laughs> a lot of people out there.
0: <laughs> All right, well, for, uh, let, let's start with this. Um, maybe just tell me about the, the, what occasion to the book, what brought it, uh, uh, around the four of you saying, let's write this book. And, and, but before I even let you answer this, I am gonna describe something, because I have been okay. to both of your houses. Uh, from the front porch of David's house, you can see Adam's house, and from the front porch of Adam's house, you can see David's house, and their children all know each other, and uh, they're, you know, they're 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 l- beautiful family friends. It's a beautiful thing. Now, one of you probably moved since then, and you're going to say, "No, we can't <laughs> do that anymore." But uh, I just want you know the, these are two families that are living the, the the Christian faith in their home. You see it in the home. You you experience it in the kids. It really is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful friendship. Lots of beautiful friendships uh, among the two families. So, um, and so, what got the four of you together to write the book? You said, we live this close together. We should probably do something in our spare time.
1: Yeah, you know, like we should do something.
2: Yeah, we're not doing anything that's notable. Yeah for um, once in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that what it was? Okay. All right. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, uh, we actually wrote a few uh, articles for the Diocesan Magazine here at the Diocese of Tulsa in eastern Oklahoma. And at the end of it, I said, you know, we should like put this together as an e-book or something like that. And I think I said it uh, on air. And when I did, somebody from Ascension Press reached out and said, hey, why don't we turn this into a real book? And a couple years later,
0: here it is. And in is. The, beginning,
2: in yeah. the beginning, we said, oh, yeah,
1: great. Let's make a book because it's already done. We've already written it. We're already. we'll just take all these articles that we wrote on the domestic church and just put them together. It doesn't
0: work that you, way, does you're it? You're
1: like, you got a book. And then <laughs> we found out like, oh, we had no idea. It's got a lot to do still.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, because Ascension Press makes uh, very, very good books. And so I'm sure they wanted yeah. the very best from you. Um, and are, are you happy with what you got? Are you happy with the end product?
1: Yeah, you know what, I was going to say, if you are someone who's considering publishing a book, I highly recommend Ascension. Uh, They have been nothing but great to work with. Um, I've heard a lot of uh, not-so-great stories from other people who use other publishers, and there's a lot of good publishers out there, but we have really liked Ascension.
2: All right. Yeah, we've had some good feedback. Uh, Even Bishop Condola, the the bishop of the Diocese of Tulsa, he actually wrote the foreword for us, and we've had several dioceses pick up the book for marriage prep.
0: Oh, wonderful. um, That's great. That's a perfect use for it. And I thought that the forward was beautiful. I did not think it was as good as the blurbs. I thought I still will stick with my uh, (laughs) idea that that was the the best part of the book. But um, uh, you you know that we have a publishing house, though, right?
1: I was also going to say, not to exclude, of course, Catholic (laughs) Catholic Answers (laughs) Answers Publishing. Okay. I
0: just want to make sure, in case Todd's listening. Yeah.
1: No. Hey, Todd. Yeah, Todd, still, I hope big fan, we can Todd. still be friends. Yeah, <laughs> still be friends, Todd. Yeah,
0: I think you might, you, the two of you might even owe Todd a manuscript. Is that possible? That a <laughs> well, man- yeah, I think,
1: <laughs> I
2: think that, someone does. That is true.
0: Yes.
2: <laughs> okay. Yes. All right. Uh, in, in fact, I, last time we were on Catholic Answers, I was going to start giving away other people's book from Catholic Answers. Just, you know, typically you get to hang on the line and we'll get you a free book. Yeah. And I was like, oh, perfect. When I come on, I'm gonna give away Trent's book, I'm gonna give away Tim's yeah. <laughs> book. Jimmy's gonna have like, you know, 20 books gone out of his, you know, and I was gonna give them all away and I forgot. We'd so. like to send
1: you 25 copies of Jimmy's latest book. Thanks yeah. for asking that question.
0: <laughs> well but the we apologists to do that, so the apologists don't mind if you do that, because that comes out of the radio budget. So uh, they probably oh. still get paid for those books. I don't know. But Darren <laughs> faints every time that happens, but <laughs> All right, so uh, w- the Catholic Man Show, uh, St. Michael, Catholic Radio, uh, yes. l- lots of kids, beautiful marriages. Can you still see each other from each other's front porch, or, or do, has one of you moved? You, no? I th- did one of you move? He
2: moved. I moved. Yeah, Dave moved. Dave moved just recently, yeah. yeah. He, he, his family's growing. We're, our, both of our families are growing. Yeah. So we had, well, we congratulations. Were having number congratulations. Thank you, thank you. We, ha- we have
1: baby number five, and we were in a three-bedroom house, and um, it was just time— for a little bit more space, so
0: yeah. So the, the two of you really have embraced the, and, and I should say the four of you really have embraced the, the Catholic, not just view, but the Catholic kind of um, culture of marriage, the Catholic, the, the, the whole <laughs> idea of married Catholic life. Why would you recommend that to other people? Why would you say to people, hey, look, here's a great way to live your life. Be married. Welcome children. Live the Catholic faith in your home. Why would you do that?
1: Well, I mean, there, I think there's practical reasons. Um, one, look at the families who are doing that, and you tell me if you think they're happy. Yeah. Okay. Look right. at the look at the man in that in that marriage. Look at the women. Look at the children, and you decide for yourself whether or not you think that's a life worth having. Compare that to the alternative. A lot of couples who. um don't seem to have those same priorities, um, and then you look at them, you decide if you think that those couples are happy and you can be the judge for yourself about which one you think is a better one to pursue.
0: I'm so glad you said that because so often the complaint about Catholics is we're all otherworldly and it's all in the next life and you know we're not realistic about this life, but it is actually a realistic call. To, to live a, a fully Catholic marriage is, is actually quite realistic for this world.
2: Yeah, in yeah. fact, Bishop Condorla, he's one of 12, and he, get, he tells a story that when his parents were having a, a, their family annivers- or their wedding anniversary, they had the whole family together, and they ha- showed a picture of them when they were first married, and then they showed a picture of all of them all together, and they said, like, look what has happened in, this, in the 45 years that we've been married. Look at all these people that now exist. Uh, because of this marriage and the fruit of this marriage. It's just a beautiful thought that, you know, as you grow older and you look back and you see, uh, you know, all these people that are now in existence, that now love you, that you love them. Uh, it's just a beautiful idea that uh, this happened, this fruit came from marriage. Uh,
0: by the way, if you want to talk with uh, Adam and David, give us a call. 888-318-7884, 888-318-7884. Seven eight eight, four, no asking them about whiskey on this I know they talk about whiskey all the time, <laughs> but no asking them about whiskey on this uh on this uh, during this hour. Just take a break from that for this hour the okay, so the what the church teaches actually and what the church has the wealth that she has, I guess is a way to say it, is actually for the home it 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 when it permeates the home. It, it does something, that, at least that's what I get out of the book. And I, I read, you know, I one of the nice things when people are kind enough to ask you to blurb the book is they send you the book and you get to read it. It's really good. It's really good. And it, But what it seems to be trying to do in every chapter is to say two things. One, bring this into the home and wonderful goods will come for it. And practically, in a practical sense, here's how you do that. Why does it work so well? Why does the Catholic faith in the home... Bring such good.
1: Uh, because it's true. It's like the easiest answer. Uh, but in Genesis, God's making man and woman. Um, he's not building like a church. He's not building a city. He's building a family. Okay, that's that's what God creates in the beginning is the family. Um, and so, he, from the beginning, He had an idea of how it should go. And when we go, when we live our lives according to that original plan. For, for the love between a man and a woman, and the, um, their children, and how all of that God intended to be, then things are just going to go better. You know, that's what you learn from everything beyond the first chapter of Genesis, is that when you don't do that, things do not go well. Yeah, um, right. So, just it's, it, I know it's, it's not really complicated, but when you follow God's will for the mm-hmm. family, for your life, and if you're married then I can already tell you a lot about God's will for you because sometimes following God's will is kind of mysterious. And you you think, what is he, you know, does he want me to buy the BMW or the Mercedes or the Honda? You know, it's like, (laughs) you know, sometimes there are hard choices. You got to really figure things out. But if you're married, okay, great. We know your vocation. So I can already tell you that God's will for you is to be the best husband that you can be, to be the best father you can be, um and that mm-hmm. all of the other decisions should flow from those central things. That th- that comes first, and then everything else serves those main things in your life.
0: Again, 888 uh, 318 the number. I'm about to take a break, and then we'll get to some calls, 888-31-TRUTH. The thing you see in the world is—I um, see this anyways. I don't know if you see it. There seems to be an insinuation that— uh, Christians, Catholic people living as, as you and your spouses and children live, they're not really as happy as they let on. There's actually, um, it's some kind of repression or something that they're <laughs> going to going through. And uh, like I, it seems to me that people make that kind of, uh, they depict the Christian family that way in media because they actually can't imagine that family life could be happy in the way that it is happy for you guys.
2: Well, it's definitely possible. I mean, this is—I mean, we're we're not the poster children for that, but uh, it's definitely possible. And once you find out that if you serve others, we're we're called to serve one another. That's what's going to bring us fulfill- fulfillment. That's what like we're called to do. So when you, like Dave was saying, when you get married, your vocation is now to another person that you guys strive to work in God's plan, to to get to heaven. Um, and so once you have the end in mind, then you can judge what you're doing either good or bad, for that end. Uh, and so that's why we try to put this book together to to give practical reasons, right? So, si, if I told you, if I asked you, or I asked any of these listeners, do you want to increase your prayer life? Yes. The answer would be yes, okay? How are you going to do that? How are we going to strive for holiness? Then, a lot of times kind of deer in the headlights look like, ah, uh, I don't know, I don't know what the game plan is. I don't know what I should be doing.
1: They just want it to happen.
2: They just want it to happen. Yeah. And so we gotta be intentional Catholics, right? We gotta be intentional about how we're gonna be growing and striving for holiness. And so uh, that's kind of what we decided to do with this book was to put together ways to get practical advice for people who are very busy. The book's only a hundred pages, right? So it yeah. took four of us to write to a write hundred pages. So we we wrote it for the busy family with just practical tips.
0: Right, and that's what it is. Again, I'm going to give the number again. We're going to go to a break. We'll take some calls, 888 uh, 318 It's rooted in a very uh, deep theology, but it's not presented as a deep theology. It's presented as a how-to book. Here's how you do that. Here's how you, you know, like I could read, um, you know, uh, well, I can't actually, but I could, I, I can pretend I can read Familiaris Consortio or something like that, From, but I could read parts of it. I can get... I could read the first page, the synopsis. I could read the cliff notes. All right, I'm getting more honest as I speak about it, but but that does but that doesn't tell me um, the the nitty gritty of well yeah, but how how do you actually do this as a dad, as a mom, as a family? How do you actually right. do this? So that's what I really really enjoyed about the book. That's why I'm thrilled that dioceses are using it, living beyond Sunday. Making Your Home a Holy Place. It's from Ascension Press. Uh, You can get it right now, but we'll come back with more calls and conversation with uh, David and Adam, two of the four authors of Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. Miss a show? Make sure to catch up by downloading the podcast,
3: available online at catholic.com
0: underwriting for Catholic Answers Live is provided by Real Estate for Life. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations on the web at realestateforlife.org.
4: EWTN, teaching the truth
3: called in, I think, a month or so ago, and I had told you guys I was in my RCIA program, and I had wondered about what I could do more to get more involved with the church and such. Well, Saturday, I am finally having my confirmation, and I wanted to thank you guys for giving me all the information and having your program on here that has helped me so much. I cannot tell you enough how much it has helped me.
0: Welcome back to Catholic Answers Live. Uh, I'm a little distracted right now because I'm uh, scrolling through the merchandise section of the Catholic Man Show uh, web uh, page. You guys have amazing merchandise. You know, I have one of your uh, hats. Um, you may not know this, but you you gave it to me. Uh, as a matter of fact, I don't. <laughs> I don't know if you know you gave it to me. I, I saw it on the table yeah. and I thought they probably want me to have that. So I have a, one of the stocking caps. Oh, the best. The Best Hats, The Catholic Man Show. So you've been doing The Catholic Man Show for how long now? Golly, like six uh, years.
2: Six years, yes, about six and a half years.
0: Oh, all right. So six and a half years you've been doing that. And and uh, now you've got this book out, uh, Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. Uh, if you want to talk with Adam and David, 888-318-7884 is the number to call. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I wonder if this is... Um, if, if more If most people would think, "Well, this is a, a book to get for the wife, not for the husband, because it's not, but there's a certain way in which I think men think uh, this religion stuff is is for the women to handle. Do you, do you see what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, 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 you know, I hear that a lot, and I've never really understood that. That line of thought about religion being more of a woman's thing uh, you know—I was—I'm a cradle Catholic. I was raised in a good Catholic home, so that's always been kind of a foreign concept to me. And the more I've gotten to know the faith, the more that just is illogical. Um, because living out the faith uh, often is arduous. It's like the the calling of a father, especially, is noble, and you know, like practicing virtue in your day-to-day life—it's hard. Um. There's nothing. There's nothing sissy about it. I mean, the question really is, are you man enough for it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and there, there's a lot of talk about the woundedness of young men uh, now, and maybe they, right. they don't feel like they're man enough for it. A lot of people have, millions and millions of people have seen the failure of of marriage in their own parents' life, grandparents' life, that kind of thing. They don't actually mm-hmm. think you can you can do it. That you can you can be faithful, uh, because. That's a very manly thing to be faithful, that you can mm-hmm. practice the virtues, that you can pass these virtues on to your children so that they can be happy and holy people. There's just a, it's not a lack of, lack of faith in God, just a lack of faith in the ability to even do any of these things.
1: Yeah. Well, the truth yeah. is, sorry, si, you, uh, you can't do it. I mean, if, if you think that you're going to be able to get married to a woman and the two of you being sinners are going to be able to live in peace and harmony together all by yourself, uh, then it is going to fail. I mean, it's only through grace. Marriage is a sacrament for a reason, okay? Yeah. And it, if you're not availing yourself of those sacramental graces, it's going to be rough, um, and it's probably not going to work out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you can't do it. You're not enough. But praise God, He came and gave us all the grace that we need. Um, you know, He gave us a church where we have yeah. the sacraments, where we have the life of life of grace that we can depend on, and. When you do that, when you're living that kind of life, then all things are possible.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I, I, let me give you another objection, though. Uh, and, and this okay. one is, a, I think, is, a, is, is an objection that uh, comes from a good place in, in many people, which is, I do want this. I want this in my marriage. I want this for my children. My spouse is not fully on board. Because I, I, at least my impression mm. of you and your families is that you are— as, as a team in each household, you are both on board. Now, I'm, maybe I have misread that. I don't know. But that seems a lot easier if, if you're on, both on board for this, all in, mm-hmm. full, uh, you know, you want the Catholic life in your home. Mm-hmm. But there's not, there's not that many people you can marry who are all in with you.
2: Yeah, I mean, we got lucky because both of our wives are way holier than we are. I mean, there's it's unequivocally like that's that's just a proven fact. Um, so yeah, we, science has proven I, I, that.
0: It's science. That, I yes. mean, that's, that's
2: right. That's objective. That's not subjective. You that is definitely can't objective. open the pickle jars, and that's yeah. like <laughs> praise God for that. You
3: know? <laughs> oh, so, okay. so you have a role. That's where we came in. <laughs> okay, yeah,
2: yeah. We actually, do provide something. Yeah. Right. But but you know as a as a man we're we're called to uh, priesthood right we're, we're baptized Catholics we're called to the priesthood what does that look like in the domestic church right it's not a ministerial priesthood like we see at at church but but priests are called to prayer and sacrifice right so even if your wife is not necessarily on the same page as you are in in the faith we're still called to prayer and sacrifice for them right so you you're off are you offering up prayers for her every morning? Are you sacrificing for her once a week? Exodus 90 is about to start uh, January 9th. That's a great opportunity for you to kind of get your appetites in order and get your prayer life serious uh, for your wife and for your children. And so, um, you know, we even if you guys are not on the exact same page, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be praying for her, you shouldn't be uh, fasting for her, um, and asking our Lord to introduce her to other good holy women they can point her towards christ yeah yeah so i would say especially if you're the man and
1: you you feel called to this holy holy marriage a holier marriage most of the time if you start living in a way where your wife sees that hey uh my husband has gone through this conversion and it has ma- he has he's changed he's not the same man anymore um most of the time the women f- will get on board um they they see it in in you know, if they see it in your life, they're gonna wanna they're gonna wanna participate. Sometimes I think it's harder, just in all reality, to get men on board. If you you know if it's a little a little bit more stubborn, the, probably. Yeah, the tables are turned, and the wife is the one who's really wanting to you know have this holier marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, men are a little bit a little bit more challenging, uh, yeah. but I, I really just I do think. For the men, if this is you and you think, I want to I want to pursue this with my wife, but she just doesn't quite get it. She doesn't see where I'm coming from. Well, be the husband that you dream about. Be that man that you say, that's the husband I want my wife uh, that I want to love Mm -hmm. my wife. Okay, be that guy and show her. Mm -hmm. And I think she'll come around. Mm -hmm. I mean, so it'll be tough. It'll be tough, but you can do it.
0: Yeah, but, but marriage is tough. And that's another thing is, I mean, we don't that's want to it. exaggerate how tough marriage is because it, it, people have been getting married and, and, and uh, being faithful to one another and living lives together all throughout human history. It, it, but it, it does seem to me that the, the media age has deepened people's doubt about whether, I don't even really know. You know, like you hear people say really weird things like, I don't even know if, if humans are supposed to be monogamous well, I, okay, but humans all throughout history knew they were supposed to be. Uh, how do you not know that? But, but, but right. do you see what I'm saying? Like the, the challenges are enormous as far as the amount of doubt that's in people's mind.
2: Yeah, yeah without a doubt. But, and that's why it's so important that you and your wife are on the same page, especially before you start you know, growing your domestic church, so to speak, and your family, you start growing your family. Because you need to be, you know, Catechism 223 talks about how we're the primary educators of our children. Right? So we're the first educators of our children, and so uh, you guys have to be on the same page in order to do that. So, um, In order to pass down your faith, there's a lot of good tips. We have it in the book. Uh, we'd like to share maybe some of them with, with you if you have any questions. Maybe we can get people to call in and tell us how they're sharing their faith with their ch- children. We can take that and write a second book on it you and know, say I it's would, our oh, idea. You're I willing to steal to take... other
0: people's ideas. <laughs>
3: I would love to do
0: that, actually. Yeah. You guys really are authors. That's how authors do it. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> you figured it out, the scam.
3: Uh,
0: the number 888 318 if you want to do that. Yeah, call, share your story, or call and ask, because uh, there's wonderful little chapters like living liturgically in the domestic church. Give us some tips on living liturgically at home.
1: Yeah, so this idea of living liturgically, I think that that is really one of the biggest game changers. Uh, I don't know if it was around when I was a kid, but Adam and I, you know, we both grew up in very Catholic, loving homes, and it just wasn't uh, an idea that we had day to day about, hey, the liturgy of the church for the day, you know, are we in ordinary time? Are we in Advent, the Christmas Mm -hmm. season? Is it a feast day that Okay, the liturgy of the day should reflect somehow in the home. Okay, so um, the next week will be the feast of um, King David. So King David from the Old Testament. He is actually on the liturgical calendar. My name is David, so obviously I have cake on on a day. Any day there's a Saint David on the calendar, you better believe I'm taking. You know, like hey, that's me. I'm all pumped about that, right? So, um,
0: but what just a great idea, the litur- Yeah. Because yeah. that, that, that's something that the kids. That, then it's not like, oh, it's a, the feast day of of this, uh, you know, my patron, uh, and you know, let's all let's spend the next four hours on our knees, kids. But let's have a cake. Let's celebrate.
1: Yeah. No, really, living liturgically often plays itself out uh, in the practical way of having more reasons to eat cake. Um, so <laughs> I, th- I think I think that, that's I think why that's it's so brilliant. popular. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, another thing that that we I, we mention in the book, and this is a practice that I really would love to see come back into homes, and I think is so beautiful. Um, during Lent, um, Passion Tide um, is you know right at the very end of Lent. We, often you'll go to church, and all of a sudden the crucifix is covered with a purple cloth, and maybe you know the statues of Mary and Joseph, um, and they stay that that way up until the Triduum, the three days, the holy days right before Easter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, there's a tradition where people would do that in their own homes as well. And so we've started doing that for the last several years. And I, I just think that's such a beautiful practice in my own prayer life as an adult. It's not always about liturgical living. It's not always about, oh, how to teach your kids the faith and pass it on to them. No, it, it should be primarily about how to live the faith well. And so in my own home, when I'm praying, all of a sudden, all the, all the holy images are covered. And it's like a fast for a visual fast and then when, when the triduum comes and you uncover them right before the resurrection of Christ and all of a sudden you kneel down to pray and there you, you can see Jesus again. It's like, Jesus, I've missed you. And it's uh-huh. just a really beautiful way to prepare yourself for the resurrection of Christ. You know, when he's in the tomb and we await and we wait. Um, so that's just a, a really beautiful tradition I'd love to see return in practice.
0: Adam Minahan and David Niles are our guests. They are the hosts of the Catholic Man Show. They and their wives have a new book called Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. Your call is welcome, 888-318-7884. Catholic Answers Live. The recent decision by the U.S. Supreme Court to overturn Roe versus Wade was a monumental victory for the pro-life movement but the fight is far from over. With our new booklet, Why We're Pro-Life, we have produced the perfect tool to prepare you to have peaceful and convincing conversations, to shed light on the truth about human life from conception to natural death. Catholic Answers is printing millions of copies of this booklet, and we plan simply to give them away. You can help us in two ways. First, by generously supporting this project. 25 Cents prints one book. $2,500, prints 10,000, and so on. Second, by helping us distribute the booklet through your parish, your school, or the pro-life ministry you work with. Catholic Answers is going to blanket the country with why we're pro-life, but only if you step up and help us. Thank you so much. For more information, visit whyweareprolife.com. Have you enrolled in the Catholic Answers School of Apologetics? Let me ask you a more important question. Do you believe as a Catholic that you have an obligation to share the Catholic faith? In fact, the church has answered this question and the answer is that all confirmed Catholics are obliged to share the faith. It's actually in canon law. Catholic Answers is here to help you fulfill that obligation. Our School of Apologetics courses will equip you to help all the people you come in contact with understand what the church teaches and why. A great place to start is with all the Catholics in your life learn the art of apologetics from the best of the best, and start sharing the gospel today. Visit schoolofapologetics.com. That's schoolofapologetics.com. Miss a show? Make sure to catch up by downloading the podcast,
3: available online at catholic.com.
4: Does the church have too many rules? Join me, Dr. David Anders, as we answer your questions right here on Called to Communion, Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Now, back to Catholic Answers Live!
0: Welcome back to Catholic Answers Live. I really want to highly recommend uh, this book as a gift, as a, as a book uh, for maybe you've got some young adults in the family who one day that the will be uh, making domestic churches of their own. Maybe there's that uh, they're already in the midst of it, but living beyond Sunday, making your home a holy place, is a very practical book for a very holy purpose, and one that really, if 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 people will. Follow the advice in this book, I guess is the way I'd like to say it, is I, I just think they'll encounter a joy in, in the domestic life, a joy in married life and parenting uh, that, that God wants them to have. I don't know, know any other way to say it that God wants them to have. So please do pick up a copy. Get it for others. Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. It's from Ascension Press. Uh, as Adam was saying, it's, it's, it's very brief. It's not, you're not uh, making a lifetime commitment. It's, it's brief, the chapters are brief, each one is very practical. People will find this helpful. They will not find it like, oh, thank you, a, a book to read. Uh, this is one where the, that, that folks will find very, very helpful. I don't know if you guys wanna go to the calls. Uh, did I was, Yeah. That, that review was okay, or?
2: Oh, it was epic. Oh, yeah, okay, absolutely. all right,
0: all right. I, did, I just wanna, yeah. Yeah, okay. It was
2: wonderful. Because you know yeah, yeah. I do
0: not wanna tick off the guys from the Catholic Man Show. I just don't want that. <laughs>
2: Uh, no, 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 that was awesome. All right. We'll 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 give away a book to the to the next caller. How about that?
0: He's already on the line. Bob in Texas. Okay. Listening on Guadalupe okay, well, Radio. Okay, he's going to get
2: a book, whether Bob, he wants you... it
0: or not. <laughs> I hate that stupid book. Well, you got a free copy, Bob. Uh, Bob. <laughs> well, Bob, we, we will
4: find you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks for your call, Bob. Go ahead with your question for the fellows from the Catholic Man
4: Show. Hey, man, I, I'm really excited to hear what you're talking about. I'm the director of religious education at our church, and in abilene texas here and uh this is our second year we're doing something called family catechesis so for the first two sundays each month uh we actually have the parents come and they're working with all of their children at a table and they may be with other families working in households Uh, so we do that the first couple of sundays every month in the last two to three sundays per month we have normal you know re where they where they go off with their peers um, this is the second year we're doing it. We felt like we're, we kind of have a much better handle on, on how how to make it work the best. Uh, last year, we didn't know what we are doing. Um, uh, but what we found, uh, to our great uh, happiness and satisfaction, is that these parents really wanted to do this. And we were very nervous about starting family catechesis because it would require the parents... To actually come with their kids to RE, and uh, we have had fantastic response uh, from our families, and it's really built the community. So um, maybe it's more of a comment, or, or maybe even a question for you, is, is that something that you, that you try to uh, promote uh, in the book, or uh, kind of with what you do uh, just in terms of, you know, family catechesis within the church?
2: Yeah, I mean that's a great question, Bob. And first of all, thank you so much for taking that leap. A lot of times, uh, God is calling anybody and everybody to to help with this church, whether you're qualified or not. Uh, so uh, we definitely understand the "I'm not sure what I'm doing" uh, phase. But it is, uh, I'm so grateful for your for your yes. Uh, we do. Yeah, I think that a lot of times that uh, I get, like parents want to teach their kids, they just don't know how. Right, they just don't know what to do uh, and how to incorporate their faith back into their home. One of the things we talk about in the book is like, how do we have family prayer? Like, what does family prayer look like? Because it, we don't want it to be awkward. We don't want it to be weird. You know, uh, I don't know about you, Sy, but your your children probably were like levitating above broken glass every night. They're but so holy. It was,
0: it's very hard yeah. to describe them. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, our, you know, it's very hard to get into the rhythm of prayer and like why we're doing it, and why we're praying together as a family. Uh, one of the things we talk about in the book is that after dinner, we actually have a prayer board. Okay, and what we do is we ask everybody to have an intention within the family. We write it up on the prayer board, and then we ask what saint we want to uh, intercede for us. And so that way, it incorporates not only prayer within the family, but we get an opportunity to talk about the different saints that uh, you know that the church has given us and why we're asking for their intercession. So it gives them the opportunity to uh, focus on asking for prayer. Who to ask for to intercede. And then also throughout the day, they get a chance to see that board and, and are reminded to go back to prayer. Uh, for, you know, it's so like I come in in the morning and be like, oh, yeah, my older, older son Luke, he's really nervous about the test he's going to take. He asked St. Thomas Aquinas to pray for him. I'm going to take a moment and, and, and pray for him. Uh, so it's just a, a daily reminder. reminder. Yeah, so I think it's really important. We talk uh, like little tips about that in the book. Yeah, we uh, we do talk
1: about how the parents are the primary educators in the book. We don't specifically relate that to family catechesis, but Bob, I'm really glad you're doing that because the the truth is there is no catechesis that isn't family catechesis. If you are sending your kids to RCIA or not RCIA to religious education CCD, whatever they call it in your diocese, and you think oh. I sent them to class, now they're going to learn the faith, right? My, you know, my, I'm checked that box, then the, your kids are not going to learn. They're going to maybe learn something about the faith, but if you're checked out on passing on the faith to them, then they're not probably not going to accept it someday. When they get old enough to mm-hmm. lay it aside, very likely they will. So if they don't learn the faith from you, from the Father— then it's not going to really mean very much. Um, and you know maybe God can break through and you know touch them and keep them in the church. Um, but the statistics would, would suggest that that's not likely. So if you don't have family catechesis, whether or not you send your kids to RE or not, you as the dad, as the mom, you need to be the one who really are. The primary educators, um, so you should be talking about what it is, um, telling your kids uh, when they learn something at, at, at RE, you should be telling them something, how that's made a difference in your life, so that they come to know how the faith really does mean something to you. And if it means something to you, then it will mean something to them. Um, so I, I'm really glad that you brought this up, because this is, a, I think, a trend that is starting to become more mm-hmm. popular. Mm-hmm. We have a couple of parishes who have switched to a family catechesis model and i think just like you at first it how did we pull this off right cuz this is a new idea but now they're settling in and it has been uh There's very a lot of very successful
0: yeah what do you think bob
4: man i i uh, completely agree uh, we have found that it has worked so great in our parish i mean i mean we already have a wonderful parish and with fantastic parents that we're we're doing this stuff already but the way i think it's really contributed to building community um just to give an example when we did vbs this last summer we had as many volunteers as we had kids in the vbs program wow. i mean and we weren't even having to like call awesome. people because because people knew each other and they were like okay well what's next and they said Well you got vbs coming up and they were like how can we help but it but it really got it not only did it help uh for the parents to learn how to pass the the faith on to the kids. But now we've got parents talking to parents and we've got families talking to families and Catholic kids hanging out with each other. And it's, it's been fantastic. So um, anyways, I I would tell anybody out there listening, if you're at all wondering about family catechesis, I I would just go for it. (laughs) Knowing that the first year you're really not going to know what you're doing very much, but (laughs) then you start to figure it out. That's all right. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Well, two things, Bob, thank you so much uh, for that call and uh, for, um, without your permission, writing the first chapter of their next book, um, because they're gonna steal that (laughs) idea for their next book. But uh, they asked if we would send you a copy of Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. So if you hang on a a quick sec, we'll get an address and then we'll uh, get you out a copy of Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place, the new book from Adam and Haley Minahan and David and Pamela Niles. It's from Ascension Press. It's what we're talking about. If you wanna get in on this conversation, you are very welcome here, 888-318-7884. Those are already on the line, don't worry, I am gonna get to you, but I gotta take a quick break and then we will come back and take more calls for Adam and David right after this on Catholic Answers Live.
2: There's only one Catholic Answers Live.
0: We have a big problem. Our
1: culture is dying and souls are in danger of being lost. The answer is conversion to Jesus Christ in his church. St. Paul Street Evangelization is a Catholic organization and we have hundreds of teams spreading the good news throughout the country, but we need your help. The harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Find out more and get involved today at
0: streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. I'm Jeanette Dimello, Editor-in-Chief of the National Catholic Register and co-host of Register Radio with Matthew Bunsen. Join us every week as we talk with the Register's expert writers and editors about the news you need to know and offer authentic Catholic insights on the important stories that impact your life. Register Radio, every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern and Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern here on EWTN Global Catholic Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Answers Live. Despite what you may have heard in other media, there's only two kings of Tulsa. It's Adam and David. They are the Tulsa Kings. Yes. You did it. You made it. You are the we Tulsa Kings. Uh, they do the Catholic Man Show, a, a wonderful uh, show. Uh, they both uh, live in Tulsa. And here's what I'm hearing about Tulsa is that, um, you know, I don't know if you guys know this, but I'll share this fact with you. Oklahoma's not really a Catholic state. I don't know if you had no. heard, heard that, but no. you know it's like two or 3% Catholic or something like that. Um, yeah. But I, this is what I keep hearing is uh, with your bishop and then you got a, a great deacon who's I think the chancellor of the diocese and, and there's people like you there, that, that there's this beautiful Catholic community uh, showing green shoots everywhere in Tulsa. And, uh, is, the, is what I've heard true about Tulsa, Oklahoma?
1: Absolutely. It is a tr- fact. It is true. Uh, if you're not Catholic, you would hate it here, but if you are Catholic, <laughs> you would, this you would just love it.
3: That's not true. Uh,
0: <laughs> that's not
1: true at all. Yeah. Uh, no, I am kidding, but um yeah, we uh, honestly the community here is great. Um we have mm-hmm. like festivals, just like different families who are like, oh, like they throw a festival in the fall and you know another one in the spring. So like there's just so yeah. many great. it's just good. Yeah. There's just a lot of good things going on.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, And building communities of families, like our last caller, Bob, was talking about. When you start having communities of families, not just communities of people who show up to Mass, but real families who know one another and and interact with one another, help one another, uh, encourage one another, then you got something really going on. Once you start having that, you got something really going on.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you know they they've done all kinds of studies on this. One of the main factors about keeping your children in the faith as they get older is do they have friends at church?
0: Ah, you yeah. know. So,
1: so, you know, if right. they go to church and they don't know anybody there, or, you know, so if they don't have any friends in the church community, then there's there's going to be very little. How do you stay connected to it if you've got no, you know, no friendship there? So yeah, yeah having a Catholic community is so important. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. We're going to head down south now to Fargo, North Dakota. Chris in Fargo listening. On, I'm not good at geography. I don't know if you guys uh, know that. South? Yeah.
1: <laughs> south of somewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Uh, listening on Real Presence Radio. Uh, Chris, uh, go ahead with your question for Adam and David.
3: Awesome guys, south of the Canadian border, right up there. Yeah, so, all right, that, um, yeah, south of something. <laughs> That's right. So uh, I just want to share like a quick story. So I was uh, I was study- studying to be a priest for a long time, and then the Lord called me out of that and be- told me to basically get married. It's been such a blessing for my life. So it's been amazing. Um, like, the Lord just wants us to be happy, and it's amazing. I just wanted to say that. Too.
0: Amen, brother. Uh, That's, that is true.
3: So, uh, but here's my, here's my question. So I think everyone that has, like, a secular part of them in their lives, so, like, for me, I love watching sports. Uh, how can you, like, baptize in your family that secular moment or that secular thing in your life, like, for example, watching sports?
2: Yeah, uh, Chris. I mean, I think that's a great question. Uh, I always think about like how I how I want to set up my kids for success, right? So when I go outside and I hear them talking about, uh, you know, when they're playing football, going forward on fourth down, if they're, you know, what coverage they're going to, you know, cover two, cover four, man-to-man coverage, uh, running running the ball on on third and th- third and sixteen is not a good idea. You know, they're talking about all this terminology and philosophy on football, right? And so because they want to be football players someday. They want to be able to uh, turn, like, play, put the helmets on and on Friday night lights, you know, go out and play football. Well, similarly, like, we want to be able to uh, teach our children how, like, if the terminology for football is like knowing what 4th and 13 is. If we're trying to teach our kids how to be saints, they need to know what the virtues are. They need to know the terminology and the philosophy of being saints. And so... Sports give a great opportunity to teach these virtues, right? Discipline, fortitude, uh, being able to uh, you know, rely on others. Like there, there's a lot of opportunities in sports to teach virtue. Uh, and so I think that if we use virtuous language, it becomes the goal, right? So if you tell them like, listen, this is what fortitude looks like, this is what discipline looks like, then they understand and they can see it practically and then they know how to go and achieve it. So when you're watching football or you're playing football with your sons outside, uh you know make sure to use the language uh that would set them up for uh for success if the, so that way they know what virtue looks like yeah
1: uh chris I, and you know when you start to have order in the home really all things become catholic okay mm-hmm. so there's no such thing as a not catholic thing saint paul tells us to hold on to what's true good and beautiful to think about these things right so football is it good yeah i think it is um as long as it's being consumed in an ordered way, right? There's right. certainly a, a disordered way to watch football, you know, if that's all you're doing and if that's the priority over going to Sunday, you know, mass on Sunday, uh, certainly. Right. But if you're doing it in, with order in the home, then it is good. It, it And... It becomes Catholic, right? Because it's a beautiful thing to do. So whether it's sports, whether it's television, whether music, it's, whatever. Um, yeah, music or even our appetites, food, drink, whatever, as long as we have order, um, which is something we talk a lot about in the book um, and how order is necessary for a harmonious domestic church, then all things become baptized into this proper place of the true, the good, and the beautiful.
0: Chris, what do you think?
3: I oh, know, I think that's a great answer, especially in a culture that seems to be uh, away from virtue. S- sports is like the only place that we can, not the only place, but one of the only places we can point to and be like, hey, this is, look at what these people have done to, you know, foster that uh, skill of a virtue in their, in their lives, even though they're not virtuous in every area, but they have to be virtuous in this area. I think that's, that's definitely worth a- worthwhile.
0: Well, thank you, Chris. I'd like to send you a copy of, and I'm I'm, I'm acting like I'm doing it, but David and uh, uh, Adam are are gonna send it to you, Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place, the new book uh, from Ascension Press. So if you hang on the line, Edgar will get an address, and then we'll put that address in the mail to Adam and David, and then they will get an envelope, and they will stick a book in there, and they will mail it to you.
2: We'll have our buddy Jim send it to you. Yeah, Jim will actually do it, but yeah.
0: Jimbo, you guys, you guys are like, well, uh, we're not actually going to do <laughs> well, any work here. Uh, yeah. that, that's uh, <laughs> that's a misconception of how it works over here. We did here. not
2: sign that. We did not sign up for that. No, no.
1: I want to give Chris. No. I want to give Chris some props because I think he did it the right way. I've I've told a lot of guys. My wife and I we we're involved with marriage prep here in the diocese, and it's like, look, if you're a single guy who's really looking to get a like a Catholic wife, you know, a Catholic girl to date, first thing you need to do is discern out of seminary, okay? Like, (laughs) I I feel like the girls, if they, oh, he discerned out of seminary, like, oh, Uh -oh.
3: he's so eligible. (laughs) (laughs) That is a
0: very Catholic thing. That is a very Catholic thing. And I have heard a rumor that in some uh, Catholic, very Catholic places, Mm -hmm. uh, Men uh, will, when they're not interested, will say, I'm, I'm, I'm discerning the priesthood. And I, I think that is, that's evil. I think that's a, that's a cop-out. Yeah. Cop. Yeah. Not that all men who say I'm discerning the priesthood are doing that, but I've sure. heard, heard rumors that sometimes that is... Uh, just don't way. be a coward. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't be a coward.
1: Because if yeah. you are, if you are, you're not fit for the priesthood.
0: Okay. <laughs> or married life. Uh, yeah, the married. Eight 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 three one eight seven eight eight four triple eight three one eight seven eight eight four. So you're talking here about hospitality. Now, uh, we recently did a, a, a an episode of of Catholic Answers Focus, our podcast, uh, with. Uh, a, a wonderful gentleman who was actually, who was like, you know, we were asking about, well, how do you live Catholic social teaching? And he goes, well, uh, are there any homeless people in your neighborhood? You could bring them into your house. And was like, wow, that got really, real, really fast. Like, <laughs> but you can't always do that when there's kids in the house. You, That's not actually, yeah. uh, so tell us about living hospitality as a, as a Catholic family.
1: Yeah, so one of the things that we, you find when you really think about the domestic church is that the first thing that you might notice about it is that it's exclusive okay so uh, it's not inclusive I know inclusive is like oh that's the that's the nice thing and things that are exclusive must be mean but actually the things that are exclusive tend to be the best things in the world Um, marriage being one of them it's the most exclusive relationship that I as a man would love one woman and exclude all others for the rest of my life. And, and it's because of that exclusivity that makes marriage so beautiful. And so in the family, it's just this exclusive unit and it's set apart. That's literally the word uh, sacred means to be set apart. Okay. So as a family, we're set apart from the world. So you think, oh, hospitality is not something that must be really a part of this exclusive thing, because, you know, you're like, oh, no, you're not a part of our club. Um, right. But, but the family is not enough for itself. So I have four daughters. I have a—that ve- presumably, some of them might uh, discern marriage, right? Uh, mm-hmm. um, if some of them deserve, discern religious life, that would be great. But some of them are very likely to be called to marriage. So I have a vested interest in the community— also, raising uh, boys in other families, oh, yeah, raising them in such a way that they will be worth worthy of marrying my daughters, right? Um, and so, if I isolate myself as in my little family, you know, and keep everybody at, at arm's length, you know, because keep out the world, um, then someday I'm gonna realize my children get older. I'm in a real I have a real problem. So hospitality is the virtue that the family is actually oriented towards. Even though it's this exclusive thing, when done well, with, when it has the proper or, order, mm. it actually is pointed towards, it's pointed outwards. It's an exclusive institution with an outward orientation such that hospitality says, come, share the goods that we have. So hopefully your family life is ordered well where you have good things and those good things are given to you to share just like all good things in life. Um, and so hospitality is the virtue that takes families that might, could be isolated from each other and turns those, you know, think about a neighborhood. It, hospitality is what turns a neighborhood into a community or a parish into a community. Instead of just being people who live near each other, now we're actually um, a part of each other's lives because of the virtue of hospitalities. Um, so mm-hmm. it, it's, it plays uh, an absolutely crucial role it's it's the it's the end of the family in many ways.
3: That
0: I gotta say that is one of the, that's a beautiful Catholic answer right there, uh, and that's the name of our yes. show, Catholic Answers Live. But <laughs> the but the family is not sufficient in itself even for the members of the family. The, you, you can't. But uh, but the but the society needs the family. It, the, the, that is, society without the family is is a useless uh, 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 um, thing. Like it's a dead thing, really. Yeah. It doesn't have that the the quality of community that makes human life worth living. Really, that, that that's a beautiful. You did a really good job, David. I'm uh, high five. Bl- blown away by that by that Catholic answer. Catholic
1: King of Tulsa. All right.
0: <laughs> but don't you, you get the sense too that that. In a, in a family like yours, and your children are still relatively young. They're getting older and older but yeah. uh, every day, but they're still relatively young. But I imagine that as... I don't imagine this. I know this is going to happen, and you guys are going to hear about it. Friends are going to come over when the kids are of high school age, and they're going to go, I, I don't have this at home. They may not say it to you, but they're going to they're see it. They're going to realize it, and they're going to want that. And that, so there's an evangelizing quality just in a family being a family.
1: Yes, you know what? Si, I'm so glad you said that uh, because I have found that that the best moments for evangelization take place in celebration, in moments of celebration. Um, uh, I mentioned like we have these families in the community who like to throw festivals where it's like have a hundred people over. If you invite your non-Catholic neighbor to come to with you to one of these festivals and you just see all of these Catholic families, just the joy and the like, it's just a great time, and all the kids are just playing together, Uh, you can't not be attracted to it. Um, And like, we have to, Mm -hmm. you know, often I think we think about evangelization as, I need to go out there with my apologetics, and I am going to, I'm gonna beat him down with with answers yeah right until he has no choice but to become Catholic
0: right, right. he right. will give up solar scriptura in my <laughs> presence right. and
1: That's renounce right. people, it yeah. I'm going to ph- philosophically tap him out yeah you yeah. know <laughs> right but that he's like it doesn't work very well it can work with the right person but a much better strategy is to just show people the joy in your life Praise especially God. If, you can, if you can introduce them to like hey we have a beautiful community. We want you to be a part of it. This is, this is where you belong, is right here with us. I mean, that is effective.
0: And that's the kind of Catholic family that I know that so many people want to build, a Catholic family that's part of a community of families that's part of the sharing of the good news with the whole world. And that's what you, you're you working towards uh, in this book, Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. I do want to thank uh, Haley and uh, Minahan and uh, Pamela Niles for writing the book and letting Adam and David put their name on it with them. It's a beautiful, <laughs> It's a beautiful book. And and you should get it. You really should get it. Uh, and I'm so glad you guys were here right before Christmas to talk about this. Because, it, you know, it, go ahead.
1: Yes. Yeah, so if there are people out there who, like, heard what I just said and said, well, we don't have anybody who throws big festivals, who throws big parties. Uh, throw one. It doesn't have to be 100 people. So you know what? Say, we're throwing a Mary Mother of God party this year. Coming up in January, January, one. invite five families over and say, we're doing this every year. These five families, you can count on a party from us to celebrate the mother of God every January. Start it yourself.
0: Now, beautiful. Adam and David, thank you so much.
2: Thank you, Cy. Si. It, it was a blast.
0: <laughs> Much continued success on the, the Catholic Man Show. I want to keep saying the name of the book, though. Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. You can get it from Ascension Press, which apparently is better than all the other presses everywhere, including Catholic Answers <laughs> Press. But uh, do get it. It's not a big book. Uh, but, man, there's power in what's in here because what's in here is the story of the Catholic family and lots of practical ways uh, to have your own. We got to call it right there. We'll see you next time. God willing, right here on
3: Catholic Answers Live.